I want to um, really bring you more of a, a teaching this morning than a sermon. Um, I, I hope some of this will be insightful and maybe even new revelation to you as uh, I'm, I'm kind of tying together the last few Sundays in a, a message that I'm, I'm just going to title it The Books because I'm going to talk about books today. And my text is in Revelation chapter 20, if you'd like to look there with me. I'm, I'm reading this text for the purpose of, of um, showing you from the Scripture these books that are opened in heaven. I'm not really going to deal with this passage of Scripture this morning. We may do this at some other time when we're doing prophecy, talking about eschatology. But this morning I don't want to get sidetracked into that. But I do hope that we can tie in with our identity last year, last week of spirit, soul, and body, and also what we've been talking about in, um, in prayer. So let me read from Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 to 15. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. Notice that's plural. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This particular passage brings us quickly towards the end of all things as we know it in this age, this dispensation, this era, this time. In fact, the end of all that we know of earth as it is today. Um, so if you want to know how things are going to wind up, just read from here to the end of the book. It's uh, only a couple more chapters, 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. You'll see how this thing's going to wind up. This particular passage that I read to you talks about a judgment, but it talks about a judgment that I sincerely hope that not a single person in this room this morning uh, has to do with any part of that judgment. That's the great white throne judgment, the finality. We're already in heaven, those of us that are saved, and, and we've been with the Lord not only in heaven for the, for the marriage supper of the Lamb, but we've come back to earth and reigned on earth for a thousand years with the Lord. This is the judgment of the lost. It talks about death and hell giving up their dead. They're going to stand before God for that last pronunciation of their eternal doom. But there are books that are open. That's what I wanted you to get out of this, the books. Like I said, I hope that none of you is at that particular judgment. Um, I, one thing I do want to kind of clarify because in this passage that I read to you it talks a lot about works and I want you to understand that salvation is not by works when anytime the scripture talks about our works being judged the purpose of the judgment of our works is to give us special rewards and for the Christian you go to uh, uh, some of the Pauline epistles, and he talks about our, our works being tried by, as by fire, and if they come forth as gold, silver, or precious stones, we'll be rewarded for those works. That's an extra reward. That's not your eternal salvation. 
The only way you're going to be saved, and the only way you are saved, if you are already saved, is by grace, through faith, in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. We're not saved by works. You cannot do enough good works to get you to heaven. That's a false religion. I don't care what kind of title they put on it or what they claim to be. If they're trying to get you to heaven by works, that is not scriptural. We are saved by grace through faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. But our works will be judged. For the Christian, there's going to be a judgment of rewards. And we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be given rewards according to our works. And I, I, think, I love to think about the judgment of rewards. And I, I'm excited because I really believe that at the judgment of rewards, we're going we're gonna to have a wonderful time together because we're going to celebrate all the good things that people have done. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate some people that I, I, I'm sure that folks are going to be surprised. I'll promise you at the judgment of rewards, there's going to be some people pulled out of line and brought to the head of the line in front of well-known preachers and they're going to be given a reward for their prayers and their faithfulness and their war warfare for the Lord. Nobody ever heard of them, but God had a record of it, and they're going to be rewarded according to that. Amen? <laughs> now, for those who are lost, there's also a judgment of rewards, and that's what I just read to you about. And that determines the degrees of damnation in hell and torment that you will be assigned. I hear people all the time saying, I, I just can't understand why it'd be the same for everybody. No, it's not the same for everybody. They're judged according to their works as well. You can believe that Hitler is probably going to have a hotter place than a lot of folks uh, when you get to hell. But anyway, let me, let me move forward because what I want you to see, it, it's mentioned several times here. It talks about books. It talks about the book of life. And it talks about these books being opened. So the first point of my message, and I want you to get this this morning, here it is. There are books in heaven. There are books in heaven. I'm going to, for the next few minutes, I'm going to read several scriptures to not only verify this, but also to substantiate the scriptures that I just read. So follow with me. Psalms 56 and 8. You number my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, into your bottle, and they are, are they not in your book? Did you know the psalmist is saying, Lord, you've seen every tear that I have shed. Not only have you seen every tear that I've shed, you've bottled it up. And you have also written in your book about it. God's got a record of it. He's got a marvelous record system. Remember what Jesus said, you can't even give a cup of cold water, even if you give it in the name of a disciple, and lose your reward. God's got a tremendous record system, and He's going to reward you according to the good things that you have done. Amen? Praise God. Let me read from, this is a familiar passage, Psalms 139. I love this. I'm going to read verses 13 to 16. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days 
compassion for me when as yet there was none of them. There is a book in heaven that's got your name on it. God's got your book in his library. And he started that book at the moment of conception, writing about you. He's got your DNA in his book and all. I'll talk about it a little bit more later. Let me take you to Daniel. I love this. Daniel had a vision of heaven. He saw the throne room of God. He saw the courtroom that I talked to you about a few weeks ago. Let me read verses 9 and 10 from chapter 7. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days, notice that's capitalized, it's talking about God Himself. The Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, the hairs of His head were pure as wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before Him. A thousand thousands ministered to Him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books, plural, books were open. Daniel saw the courtroom of heaven. He saw the judge of all the earth come in and sit down on the throne. And the books were open and court was in session. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Staying with Daniel, go to chapter 12, verse 1. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Glory to God. Daniel saw the end time. And he said there is coming a time. He's talking about the tribulation period. He said there's coming a time when there's going to be trouble on this earth like you haven't seen before. There's never been anything since there's been nations. There's never been anything like what's coming. And let me tell you something this morning, church. I believe that that's a lot closer than we have any idea. This thing is about to explode on planet earth. And time of trouble, Daniel's trouble we call it, that time is coming and it is very, very near. However, Daniel said, I saw your people delivered. Everyone that was found written in the book, glory to God. If your name's in the book, you're going to be able to escape that. Glory to God. I, I know. If you're glad about that, give God praise, will you? <laughs> now, now, if you're a mid-tribber or a post-tribber, you couldn't clap on that. I'm sorry. And I don't mean to let my bias show here, but I am so pre-trib, I don't even eat post-toasties. I, I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. The tribulation is God's wrath on the earth, and God does not pour out His wrath on His people. There's been judgments and wraths and tough times before when God's people have had to go through it, but that was not the wrath of God. God does not pour His wrath out on His people. So I'm sorry you've come too late to try to convince me that we're going to be in the tribulation period and God's going to pour His wrath out on us. I don't believe that for a half a second. I believe that any moment now, the trump of God's going to sound and we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And we're going to be having fun for seven years while all that stuff's going on on planet earth. Amen. Well, let me go on. Let me read some more. Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 and the first part of 17. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. Look at this. So a book of remembrance was written 
before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I will make them my jewels. Glory to God. Here's another book mentioned in heaven. It's called a book of remembrance that God is writing about all of us who love him. You say, well, preacher, all that's Old Testament. Well, let me give you a few New Testament scriptures. Philippians chapter 4 and 3, Paul talked about some people whose names were in the, the book of life. He said in chapter 4 and 3 of Philippians, and I urge you also, true companion, help those women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. How many of you ladies are glad that there are women who are in the book of life? You glad about that? Sure. The ground's level at Calvary, praise God. There's, there's, there, God doesn't prefer one above the other. God is no respecter of persons. If you've been to the cross and repented of your sins, God puts your name in there just as big as he puts anybody else. Amen. Doesn't matter your race, creed, color, gender, anything else. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, this is the Lord himself speaking from glory. He said, then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. And now let's go back to Revelations chapter 3 and verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Revelations 10, the first three verses. I saw still another mighty angel. This is talking about an angel coming down from heaven. You ever wondered about how big angels can be? I know some of them can appear and look like just the same size of a man. But look at this angel. This is a special one. He said he had a, a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun. His feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book opened in his hand. And he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. Brother, that is some more angel right there, wouldn't you say? He's so big it makes the book look little in his hand. He's got one foot on the sea and the other on the land. And he, and he shouts with such a voice that's so loud it's like a lion roaring in the, in the wilderness. It, it just sends shivers and chill bumps down everybody's spine that can hear. What a mighty angel he is. And then one more, and then I'll, I'll expand on these. Romans, uh, Revelations 21 and 7. But there shall, be, there shall by no means enter anything, in it anything that defiles or causes abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now this is talking about heaven and those of us who are going to be there. And he said, when we get there, praise the Lord, there's one thing that we can be sure of. Nobody's going to get inside that city except those who have been written, their names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That means that in heaven, only blood-washed, cleansed, Spirit of God, children of God, people are going to be in that place. And I don't know about you, but I am glad that there won't be any sin there. We won't have to deal with sin. We won't have to deal with the devil. We won't have to deal with demons. We won't have to deal with satanic powers. We won't have to be, deal with anything that's dark and dark. Praise God. <laughs> Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Now, I want to remind you again, there are books in heaven. Say that with me. 
there are books in heaven. And God has on his bookshelf a book that has your name. It's about you. Remember I read a while ago from Psalms 139. God has been writing your destiny in his book. And, uh, and, and as, as you were being formed. In fact, God knew you before you were even formed. He's, he's foreknowledge. He knew about you. And uh, I want to, as I said, tie this into last week's sermon and a few weeks before that when I was talking about the courts of heaven. There are, in, in, on God's bookshelf for each one of us, the books that he has, books, plural, books. The two bookends, the first one is that, that book of destiny that I read to you about from Psalms chapter uh, 139. I'll read it again, uh, one verse from there in just a few minutes. That's the book of your destiny. That's the one book in. On the other end of that, I read a while ago from Malachi, there is a book of remembrance. That's a, a book that's been written about you all your life. Right in the middle of those books, and there may be more books than that, but right in the middle is the book of life, and it's open. And your name is on that book. Now, you had nothing to do with that first book that God wrote, his, your destiny. God wrote that about you and about me before we were ever born. That's a book that God authored. The book on the end, on the other end there, has nothing to do with you either, except that it's about you, but a recording angel has put together everything that will be in that book. That's a book of remembrance. That's where God has got down everything, praise God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> If it weren't for the grace of God, that could be an embarrassing time. Because there is this book of remembrance, when it's opened in heaven, and that's at the judgment rewards, when God opens that book, I, I, think that, I think that the contents of the book will be on the big screen. And it, and it, and it will be your life from beginning to end. How many of you would really be excited about about your life just unfolding like a movie before the whole world and heaven and God and everything. Anybody excited about that? I wouldn't be either, ex except that, listen to this, the grace of God blots out every part that we put under the blood. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. So when the book of remembrance is open, there's not going to be anything but good. Just the good. Just the good. Just So don't get excited. Don't, don't get troubled. I, I had a few of you were looking at me for a little bit like you were, weren't even sure you wanted to go to heaven. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. What, what's, what's put under the blood ceases to exist. That's not there. That's taken care. Are you glad for the grace of God? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So keep your prayers up to date. If you fussed at your wife on the way to church, repent in a hurry. Get that out of there. I don't want to. Don't everybody turn around and say, look at you. <laughs> But anyway, those are the bookends. Now, the, the book in the middle, the book of life, has everything to do with you. 
because only you can determine if your name is written in that book because God does not force anybody to be saved. He invites us to be saved. He wants us to be saved. Jesus gave his life so we could be saved, but God does not force you to be saved. Let me tell you something. If you go to hell, you'll have nobody to blame but yourself because God has he's, he's made it available to you. He said right here, all you got to do is believe and confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. Receive him as your Savior. Let him wash your sins away, and he'll write your name on the Lamb's book of life. You and I determine whether our name gets written in that Lamb's book of life. Amen? I don't believe uh, these hyper-predestinationists that believe that, that, uh, that you got nothing to do with it. You, you know, so many people going to heaven and so many people are not going. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that God would have gone to all the effort that he went to and Jesus give his life and everything else so that, uh, so that only select people can go to heaven. We're all selected to go to heaven. Amen? We're all. Now that don't mean we're all going to heaven, but it means that God's not, the scripture's clear on that. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the will of God. It's up to you and me whether our name gets written in that Lamb's book of life. And I hope today that if your name's not there, that you'll take advantage of the great opportunity that you have this very morning to give your heart to Jesus. No greater decision you could ever make than that. So let me, get, let me move on. To, and my second point is this. I want to tell you, and this is where I want to teach you something this morning. I want to tell you how to discover the contents of your book or books. I want to tell you how to discover the contents of those. Let me go back to Psalms 139 and verse 16. God said, or the, the writer of the psalmist said, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unfor unformed. And in your book, they're all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. This verse says that God wrote down my substance. That's my DNA at the moment of conception. Let me tell you something. God saw you before a sonogram could pick you up. Amen? Sonogram can see when the baby's beginning to form, but God saw when conception took place. And he knew you even before that. And he got his pen out and started writing. He has a destiny for you. He determines what he, uh, his purpose for you and what he desires for you and me. He wrote that down. God wrote prophetically in his book what he desired for us. It's right there in that book that was written. Glory to God. He, he wrote, listen, if you need healing this morning, go to God. He's got your DNA. He knows what it'll take to make you well. Amen. Not only that, but he, he wrote the purpose for which you are to be spend time on this earth. Even numbered our days. God knows your days. Not just your weeks, months, and years. He's got your days determined in his book. He knows. He's, he's, he's got all of that. It's in your book. Why is that important? Because it gives us insight concerning our likes and our dislikes, our gifts and our talents and our abilities and so forth. And so I want to tell you now, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three points as to how you can understand the mystery of what's in God's book that was written about you before you were even born. Number one, 
A of this is natural inclination. Did you know that you can know a lot about God's purpose that's written in his book about you if you'll just take a look at your own natural inclinations, your own gifts and your own talents? Because my gifts will be consistent with what is necessary for me to fulfill my destiny. Do you understand that? God doesn't have a destiny for us and then not give us the ability to achieve that destiny. So what we're naturally drawn to, what we're naturally gifted at, all of that is part of what God has written in his book and his purpose for us on this earth. Some of us grew up with, with, with some false teaching. I don't know where we picked it up. I picked it up myself. Maybe you didn't, but I know a lot of people that have. I, I had the idea many years ago that if, if you did what God wanted you to do, boy, you was going to have to surrender to a tough, hard will of God. You was going to have to be willing to struggle through life and just, you know, do what God wanted you to do and uh, just struggle through and hope you make it till the end. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. When you find God's perfect will for your life and discover your purpose and destiny in God, it will line up with those things that bring fulfillment to you and joy in your life. It just will. That's the way God made us. That, that's, that, that's God, you know. Years ago when, uh, when I was in Bible college, we had a, we had a guy in, uh, in the Walker Hall dorm. They've renamed it a few times since then. I don't even know what it's called now, but back in those days it was Walker Hall. There was a guy that's kind of super spiritual, and some of the guys decided to, to uh, try to pull a little prank on him. He, he was one of these guys that at night when he said his prayers, he didn't just say them, he prayed them, and he prayed them out loud. I mean, he, he was long-winded with his prayers at night, and so some, some of the guys got up in the floor above him and, and got to the um, heating vents, and found the pipe that went down into his room. And he was waxing, really going at it one night. Oh, God, show me your will. What do you want me to do? And they got a guy that had a real deep, big bass voice. And he got, a, got down that pipe and he said, I'm calling you to China. <laughs> and he, and he, said, he said, Lord, what was that? He said, go to China. And... Uh, of course, it backfired on him because the next day, this poor guy was at the administrative office changing all of his subjects, his major. He was switching over to missions and everything, so they had to break down and tell him that, you know, that they'd pulled a prank on him. But, uh, you know, uh, that, they thought that would probably be the most difficult thing they could think of and place to send him right there would, would be to China. But listen, that, that's not indicative of the will of God. We, just a few weeks ago, we had, the, uh, we had um, Angie that grew up here in our church, and J.D., her husband, and the family, the kids, the Woodsides. They are, this week, they arrived in. They are now in Cambodia. God has called it. They are so happy and full of joy. Let me tell you, I can't think of many places on planet Earth that I would rather not go than <laughs> Cambodia. But you know why? God has not called me to Cambodia. If God had called me to Cambodia, I'd have a different view of Cambodia. 
And in fact, Shane, Brother Shane over here, him and his wife, are, they're planning to go to Cambodia. And, and I, I, I started to say I don't know why. I do know why, because they feel a burden for that. I don't want to go to Cambodia. I don't have a burden for Cambodia. I'll bless them, and I pray for them, and I pray the Lord blesses them. But listen, the will of God, part of it you can discover from your own inclinations. Find the thing that you enjoy doing. Listen, if you dread getting up every morning, you hate your job, you hate everything about life, and you're just trying to struggle through, something is wrong. You need to find out what God has written in his book about your destiny and get yourself lined up with it because that's where the joy of the Lord will become your strength and you will flourish. Amen. Second, second way we can know what's in the book. Prophetic words or prophetic messages that were received. How many of you have ever gotten a word from the Lord from somebody? They've come to you and prophesied to you, prophesied over you. You had that? A number of you have. A number of you have. We must pay attention to the words that are spoken over us. Now, let me be quick to say, before you respond by making a decision or a choice from something somebody has prophesied over you, you make sure that you try the Spirit and make sure that the message is from God. Let me tell you why. 1 John 4, 1 said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I'm always leery of people who have I mean, it's just like they got a word from God for everybody about everything all the time. Um, and, and, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. There is a gift of prophecy, and it is scriptural. There are people who move and actually operate in the office of a prophet. So God uses people for prophecy. And, and I want to hear that. I want to know. But I never make a decision based on what somebody brings to me until I have tested it. You say, how do you test it, preacher? First of all, does it line up with the Word? And secondly, do I have confirmation with the Holy Spirit that's within me? You don't, just because you think somebody's more spiritual than you are, if, if, you, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you're just as spiritual as anybody else. Same Holy Ghost lives in you that lives in them. Amen? So, so don't, don't put yourself as a second-class citizen here. If it's a word from God, it will ring true to your spirit. And it will line up with the word of God. Paul said, I don't care who gives you a word. I don't care if an angel of light appears to you in the middle of the night. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, Paul said, let that be accursed. In other words, you don't receive that. You push that aside and say, well, that's, that's, I'm sorry, that's, I don't receive that. And I've had to say that to some prophecies in my lifetime. I'm sorry, I just don't receive that. Doesn't line up with the Word. I, I have a close friend that just about destroyed his life because he moved and made a life-changing decision based on a false prophecy. Be careful when you receive. But if it's of God, pay close attention to it because God will use 
family members in the body of Christ to help confirm to us the direction that he's taking us. So there's a place for it. And I honor it. In fact, Paul said, out of all the gifts, he said, seek to prophesy. It's a good gift. It's a wonderful gift. I'm not trying to put it down. I'm just saying, when you get a word, be careful. Make sure that you test it. Then if it's true, you can pray it, you can say it, you can stand on it, you can move forward with it. It will give you insight into the book that God has written that's on the library on his shelf with your name on it. God will help you that. Third and final way, and this may be the most important of all, and that's praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Let me take you to 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Did you know when you pray in the Spirit, and I encourage you, I encourage you to be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and learn to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8 tells us that there are times that we don't know what we ought to pray for. We, we just don't know. That's when the Holy Spirit can help our praying. Not only in those times, but any time the Holy Spirit is praying through us, He is praying the perfect will of God. He is praying the contents of that book that's got your name on it, that was written with your destiny in it. And He's trying to line you up with the will of God. Oh, glory to God. It's a wonderful gift, so receive it from the Lord. If you don't have that gift, receive it this morning. Seek the Lord for it. Ask for it, and He'll give it to you. It's so important. In fact, the Apostle Jude said in verses 20 and 21, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Jude said one of, the, one of the ways that we become strong in the Lord and powerful for the Lord is to pray in the Spirit. It builds you up. It edifies. It strengthens you because it pulls you in line with the perfect will of God. Now let me go back to 1 Corinthians 14. Paul said, therefore, I'm reading verses 13 to 15, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret I'll tell you why in just a moment. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? Here's what Paul said. Let me conclude the whole matter for you. I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. What Paul is saying here is when you're praying in the spirit, I read the verse to you a while ago. You're praying mysteries. It's called mysteries because you don't understand what it is right now. God wrote it in that book a long time ago. You just hadn't had the revelation of it yet. But when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying those mysteries. So pray that you may interpret. Because when God gives you the interpretation, you're getting revelation of what God has for you and what God desires for you, what God designs for you. You know why the gospel reached Europe? Because the apostle Paul was headed to Asia, and he had a vision. 
the Holy Spirit used that vision to call him over to Europe. And as a result, the gospel was preached in Europe, and later it came to this country. We have the gospel here. You can trace that history all the way back to a divine encounter with God. The Holy Spirit desires to help direct your path. That's one of the reasons. Jesus said, read from John 14 all the way through 16, and read 17, the prayer of the Lord Jesus as well. And you'll find that Jesus talks so much about the Holy Spirit and His coming. He said, I want Him to come because He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to help you. He's going to reveal things to you. The Holy Spirit is such a powerful help, folks. I wish that everybody at New Hope was so full of the Holy Spirit that they would operate in the Spirit, that they would pray in the Spirit, that they would discover by the help of the Holy Spirit the destiny that God has designed for you. It'll be a blessing to you, and you can find it by praying in the Spirit. Amen? Glory to God. Now, my time's about gone, so let me give you point three, and we'll bring this to a conclusion. Point three, I want to tell you how to use the contents of your book in the courtroom of heaven. Why, why, why do you need to know? Well, there's a couple reasons. You need to know God's destiny for you so you can move in that direction. But secondly, it is a powerful tool in the courtroom of heaven. Remember Daniel saw the, the Ancient of Days and he saw the courtroom of heaven he saw thousands of thousands, 10,000 times, 10,000s and thousands worshiping the Lord. But he saw court come into session and the books were open. This is where we bring our petition and our request and our prayers before God. And, and here's the reason, or here's how we use the contents of that book before the courtroom of heaven. Remember I told you a few weeks ago when I talked about praying in the throne room, uh, in the courtroom of heaven, that we have an adversary that's trying to hinder our prayers. Some of you may have been praying prayers for years and you haven't been able to get an answer to those prayers and you don't really understand why. Well, I want to help you with that. The adversary, the enemy, is trying to detain you and the way he does that, he presents, he comes before God in the courtroom of heaven and presents a case against you. And if you don't know how to deal with that, and I told you how a few weeks ago, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, you love not your life to the death. In other words, you're totally submitted and surrendered to God. Your advocate, your lawyer, Jesus Christ, will help you to get your case through and get your prayers answered. But here, when you understand the contents of your book that has been written, you can use that as a prayer weapon before the Lord in the courtroom of heaven. To get your prayers answered and let me tell you something when you begin to understand the destiny you, you can begin to pray it like this lord i know this is what you determined for me in fact <clears throat> the apostle john said this i don't have the scripture up here i wish i did but you can read it later in first john chapter 5 verse 14 uh, he said <clears throat> here's what we know if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and we know that if he hears us we have the petition that we have asked of him. We know that. That's confidence that we have. This is a confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, we have the petition that we've requested of him. You can go before God and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, to the best of my ability, I'm doing what you will call me to be, do. I'm trying to fulfill your purpose on this earth. Praise God. 
And I, I know the devil's trying to hinder my prayer from being answered, but I'm pleading the blood of Jesus to speak for me. And I'm testifying that I believe the Word of God. And I'm committed to you and glory to God. Here's one of the things you can do. You pray the destiny not only for your own life, but also for your children. God didn't give you those children without a destiny. And he wants your kids saved just as much as you want them saved. Amen. You can go before the courtroom of heaven and say, in the mighty, powerful, strong name of the Lord Jesus, I declare the will of God over my children, and the will of God over my children is that they be saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'm calling them in. They're going to be saved. Praise God. Brother Ron Sprayberry and I have been prayer partners for a long time, a number of years now. We pray together most Tuesdays, and when we can't pray together, there's one thing that we're praying the same for both of our families. We've agreed a long time ago with the Word of God and agreed with each other. There's power in agreement. You believe that? Jesus said and talked about agreement, and the Word talks about if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it'll be granted. So Brother Ron and I agreed years ago that, that not a descendant of our family line is going to be lost, not a one. And we pray that every week. We prayed, I've got the names of all his kids, and he got the names of mine. We call their names out to the Lord, and we pray for each other, and we just declare that in the courtroom of heaven. Praise God. Glory to God. Satan's not going to have my family in Jesus' name. No, sirree. That's not God's will. That's not God's design. That's not God's destiny. I'm praying from the book. Glory to God. I want the books opened in heaven. Look at here. What's in the book, Lord? It's not your will for my kids to be lost. And I'm believing that my kids are going to be saved. They're going to be filled with your spirit. They're going to be in your presence forevermore. I'm calling my family in, oh, glory to God. I'm just going to give you two ways to use the contents of the book. That's one of them. Praying the destiny of God for you and for your family. And secondly, praying the Word of God, the promises of the Word of God. You ought to go through this book and pull out promises that you would like to see in your own life fulfilled. Because God loves it when we pray His Word back to Him. He loves that. And, and <laughs> cause that's, this is his book. By the way, not only do, are, there, are there books in heaven, God's given us some books. I know we call this a Bible, but it's a reason the pages are so thin is because they're trying to get it all together. There's 66 books here. This is a library in itself. You ought to read them all. You ought to read them all. Amen. I hope, uh, if you haven't read the Bible through, a good way to read the Bible through is to start at the beginning of a year. And there's Bible reading plans where you read so much from the Old Testament, so much from the New Testament, and read that. If you'll do that every day consistently at the end of 2020, you will have read all 66 of this books of the God's library that he's given us here. And you'll find lots of promises in, the, in here. And God loves to hear you proclaim those to him. He loves that. <laughs> Those of you that got kids and you tell them stuff and you tell them over and over and over again and it looks like it just goes right over their head. Have, has anybody here ever said this besides me? I, if I've told you one time, I've told you a thousand times, don't you? Yeah. 
Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Your wife knows you've done it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And you, you wonder, especially during those brain-dead years, you wonder if they will ever get it. Take courage, all of you that have adolescence at your house. Let me tell you from experience. One day after both of my boys were grown, we were going somewhere together, had both my grown boys in the back seat of the car. Faye and I were in the front seat. They were carrying on a conversation. We were carrying on a conversation. And both of us started eavesdropping on their conversation because we actually heard them saying some things that we had taught them years ago that we thought they didn't get. They were actually saying it. It, it was hard to believe. Boy, you're talking about making you feel good when they finally grow up and they start repeating some of the stuff. And you'll discover this when you get married after a while. It'll take a while. But if you marry a wife, one day your wife will open her mouth and her mother will just come pouring out. <laughs> it happens. It happens. And if you're blessed, you'll have grandkids. And that's God's blessing upon you and his gift to you for not killing your kids when they were teenagers. But it makes you feel good when they finally get it and they repeat it. Let me tell you, it makes your heavenly father feel many times more wonderful than that when he hears you and hears me repeating what he told us, sharing his word, praying his word. Say, Father, this is what your word says. Oh, glory to God. Boy, there are things I say from this word every, every, all, on a regular basis. There's one, you may use this one too. There's a scripture over there in Isaiah that says, I quote this a lot, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you'll condemn. That's your heritage in the Lord and your righteousness is of God. Glory to God. There's another one over in the New Testament. Jesus said, Behold, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Glory to God. Yes. Repeat the word. Glory to God. Stand with me, please. <laughs> glory. Glory, 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 glory. I'm glad there's some books written. God's got all the good things in that book of remembrance. Now, here's the conclusion. I want to give you three things in concluding this message. Number one, you can discover your purpose. You can discover your purpose. You can do it. I told you how this morning. No excuse not to. You can discover your purpose. Second thing I want to tell you, you can stay focused along the journey. You can. You got the Holy Spirit to help you. you. Got the Word of God. You can stay focused on your journey. And finally, you can be victorious at the finish line. Glory to God. We're getting close. We're getting close to the finish line.
How many of you this morning want to know what's in your book? You want to fulfill the purpose for which God made you? Bow your head with me, if you will, please. Precious Father, thank you today for this attentive congregation of people, for the presence of the Holy Spirit that's been with us today in such a powerful way, throughout the songs that we've sung and now through the Word. We thank you for your presence. We ask you, Lord, to do a work in our hearts and lives today. I pray for if there's a man, woman, boy, or girl here that has not made sure that their name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, that they will take advantage of this opportunity today. They will repent of their sins and invite Jesus into their heart. At that moment, their name will be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, I pray for all of us today that you will help us to to find out what our true destiny is in the Lord. Lord, why did you make us? What are we here for? Our time on this earth, our days that are numbered, I pray, oh God, that you'll help us to fulfill whatever that desire is from you. Because when we find that, we'll find joy. We'll find fulfillment in life. We discover our purpose. Lord, help us to discover that. Then finally, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to finish strong. We'll be able to say with Apostle Paul, I want to finish this course with joy. And then at the end, we can say, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. Now there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And I'm going to receive it, not just me, but all those also that love your appearing. Blessing, help us today to serve you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say this we're going to close the service i'm way over time and i know you need to get your kids from the nursery and children's church there'll be people here that'll be willing to pray with you this morning if you would like prayer so if you want if you want special prayer just feel free to come forward after we dismiss one more thing one more thing the enemy will try to tell some of you yeah, what the preacher preached this morning is all right, but you've blown it. You've, you've, you didn't know about this. You, you've let all these years go by. And you've been living outside the will of God. You don't know anything about your purpose, your de destiny, your design. Your, you, 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 you just, no use. To, it's too late for you. That's a lie of the devil. You can begin this morning wherever you are. I don't care if you're 16 or if you're 96. Start where you are. Amen. That's where God deals with all of us. Right where we are. Amen. You can give the devil a black eye this morning regardless of what your age is. That has nothing to do with it. It's if you're, if you're willing and you're ready. And God will delight in you saying, Lord, show me your way. I want to walk in it for the glory of God.